Welcome to the Family Connections Podcast, where we are connecting parents and families to God, each other, and the church. Welcome to this Family Connections Podcast. My name is Mike Bain, and I've got Ben Cook with us. Hello, world. Ben Cook, just for fun's sake, why don't you tell us what you do here at Cornerstone? So I work with middle school students. I like to have fun and be... Be in the culture, man. No, be in the culture. No, I'm joking. And never in the I world, do, but I, not yeah, of it. In, yeah, no, in the world, not of it. But in seriousness, I work with our middle school students here, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. It's a blast. It's a privilege, and um, we do have a lot of fun. And but yeah. also, man, it's it's such a formative time of their lives. And you, yeah, like, I, like I, when they when they graduate from me, they get it's like they take literally a step up from me to you. Just height-wise, I'm just taller. This is so, true. Yeah, so I work with the high school students, obviously, right after they head out of middle school, and I yes. get them for those four years. Um, and so this this podcast is going to be all about tech. So how, tech does, how does technology get used? Yeah, with our students specifically, and of course, we see this on a day-to-day basis anytime yeah. that we are hanging out with kids, but then, of course, ourselves. And I feel like we have an interesting perspective because not just, like, you work with high school, mm-hmm. I work with middle school. Combined, we get the 6th grade, the 12th grade range, yeah. but we also have, like, kids of our own. So, yeah. like, it's like it's not just like, oh, I get to go home and I'm, like, turned off. Like, we're actively in this in the beginning stages yeah. of technology where no parents have been before because there is as technology evolves and grows every day. Mm-hmm. Like, you and I are, like, in the trenches in some regards of, like, the uh, the guinea pig. Yeah, don't remind me, man. I'm, now I'm stressing <laughs> out. No. Um, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting question because how do our kids use technology? What are the common ways that we engage with it? There's kind of some common tech genres, if sure, you will. Sure, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, most of us are walking around with an iPhone or Android. Sure. Or, you know, some form of smartphone or tablet. And man, if you think about it, like when I was in college, 2008, that's when the iPod Touch was starting to come around, 2007-ish, 2008-ish. Okay. I think 2006 is when the iPhone came out. And it's only really in its infancy when you think about the carrying of smartphone and smart technology around us but literally everything's connected to there i can not just check my email and text message but i'm playing a game on it yeah or i'm checking my social media obviously on yeah. it or i'm buying stuff on amazon on it or i'm going to check the weather i'm going to check my fantasy football team everything is it, it, it's insane the universe of technology that that we live in and the scope that there is right now that we walk around with just in our smartphone alone now oh, yeah now, i mean if you go within that world we're talking about social media apps that there's a ton of them from facebook that everyone knows and twitter and instagram to the snapchats to even some more unknown ones or i shouldn't say unknown that's not the right more recent i guess more instead. recent there you go like a tiktok yeah tiktok very very recent you know make your own videos clip them and post them on your social media um, outline and there's even a lot more instant messaging apps you can go and just if you type in chats or into messaging instant messaging in your in your app store or you google it you're gonna see there's a plethora of all these apps it's not just texting from one phone to the other right so, yeah, some parents might think, oh, well, my, my kid doesn't have a phone yet, or they have an iPad with no data. Uh, they can't really text anyone. Well, that's not, not the case, right? We've got apps where you can you know go on to things like WhatsApp, yep. or uh, like Kick was kind of an older one, but I think it's still around. Kick's still reveling, yeah. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of ways that we can communicate. Um, and then this is really actually big. So when you look at the different genres or the avenues kind of to experience and, and hang out with tech, um, we've got the mobile tech, we've got the console, yep. and then we've got the computer. So mobile, sure. of course, is, as you said, 
phones, iPads, things that we can take on our person. Uh, and then consoles are obviously just uh, a video game system of any kind. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got the computer, uh, which is the old one that most of us are familiar with there as parents. Um, so those three now are actually ways that we engage with technology. And as you were talking about messaging, um, what's really been interesting is watching the gaming aspect become Seriously. its own community. I mean, whoever thought we would be watching on TV or on the Internet people playing video games yeah. for like a job like they I don't know if any people know this, but NBA they actually have a, a league, a video game league that has affiliated with each team in the league where you can draft, you can draft people to play for your team. Wow. Like they, these teams literally draft people like a, like an NBA first round pick to play on their video game team. Like it's insane. Like when you think about that, like how far console gaming has gone, but then not just the people who are like are well known, but the hundreds of thousands to millions of followers that were like wanting, that's what I want to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean odds are, especially if you've got, uh, definitely not only teenage boys, but um, if your kid is into gaming um, and seriously into gaming in any way, shape, or form, so if they play Fortnite or if they played uh, any kind of the the online mobile games, mm-hmm. um, then usually they've at some point watched a gamer on YouTube. Yes. Like Ninja, one of the biggest ones, most controversial ones. Uh, and, and these are um, not just people who sit there like in mom's basement and play video games. They're like dynamic, trying to engage with sure. those people that are watching their streams and you can comment while you're going. And so it becomes this community where you're where you're hanging out and talking about a passion of yours. But what's kind of scary about that is that while you can set some certain filters on other um, messaging apps or, uh, you know, content is a little bit more easily, yeah. um, you know, whether that's something that you're monitoring or not. Uh, with the gaming community, it's like there's no filters. Right. Like you can do, and, and you can have, you know, a 45 year old man hanging out with 12 year olds. Um, and sure. so it's become, in its own way, a place to be mindful of. Um, it's not going to be gone. It's definitely not something that's going away. If anything, more and more YouTube stars are coming up. Uh, you know, Patreon is another one. Twitch is a big one yes. where they they stream their video gaming. So those three tech genres of mobile, console, and computer are what we watch our students uh, and ourselves even hang out on. So you mentioned we've got social media, we've got messaging, we've got gaming, of course, and, news. And we, we should be throwing out there, too, like the way we consume it. It's not always screen-based. So like right now you're listening yeah. to a podcast and you have speakers. So that's technology. And many of, many of our... Or many of the people we encounter, they have AirPods or they have a headphone continually in your ear. I can't tell you how many times I walk onto a middle school campus yeah. or I walk into the store and you're seeing somebody walk around with other people and they have they have their air their AirPods or any type of earbud in because they're actively listening and it has completely changed everything. Yeah. To where it's like I only listened like what twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, I was listening in the car or I had these big bulky headphones on, right? And not just for sound quality, like Beats, like the good ones, like I have like Sony Walkman, whatever headphones they came with. It to now where it's I'm Bluetoothing and yeah. I can Bluetooth anything, and like this happens not just in stores, like this happens in school. Kids are gonna 100%. have that in there, yeah. They're listening to music. Or they're listening to uh, whatever podcast or listening to, like you were talking about Gamer Feed. Some people literally just listen to that stuff. Yeah. So it's constantly coming in. Not There's no um, there's no off switch when it comes sometimes to uh, when you have like an accessibility of an AirPod or a Bluetooth headphone to, there's no off switch sometimes. You're yeah. just always carrying it with you because you can. And I want to pause for a second just to remind our listeners, especially if, if we're parents and we're like, oh man, like we, we, we almost can sometimes... Um, subconsciously get upset 
with the generation. Yes. We can't fault them. We are the ones, we're the generation who actually created the screens and made it accessible. We made the Terminator. We made the world that, yeah, right? (laughs) Like we made the world that we're living in. Um, And every generation uh, from the one before is always, you know, thinking like, oh, I can't believe they have access to this now. Um, Or that has. Um, brought yep. them down in terms of the moralistic ladder or, you know, relativism has gone up or they've just become more anti-social shutoff, less respect, whatever it is. We have to be careful we don't just villainize yeah, the entire generation because there are some really good things, of course, that we see from technology. And this kind of uh, brings us to a, a question, I think, for our listeners. Um, what are the existing rules in your home when it comes to tech use? See, see, this for me, this is so interesting. So I grew up in a home where I didn't have any boundaries on tech mm. use. So my my father worked in the tech industry for a number of years. So I can remember back in fourth grade, I had, this is 1998, I had a cell phone. Dang. Yeah, that's right, man. Sprint with the antenna. I had internet. Now that costs money, but I had internet. I could do it, right? So I had that. And then as, you know, even within a year, I had a, a TV in my room with cable and or satellite, whatever service because my parents switched a lot i don't know Mm. why but they did so that was in my room i had my own computer in my room with internet 56k i think 28 i know that sounds really slow to you guys but (laughs) back in the day that was like high speed pre-y2k that's right but i had that and i had video game consoles in there like yeah mike's shaking his head and i'm shaking my head too because like why am i having all this like but for me yeah there was yeah i learned a lot about technology i'm pretty tech savvy but the flip side is man where did i go with all that i could tell go on for stories of like bad decisions that were made or bad influences that came in Mm -hmm. because of all this boundaryless technology was in my home so for me and my kids now we're my wife and i and we only have a four-year-old and two-year-old but we're very conscious uh, conscious that's not the right conscientious word. thank you very much You're sorry it i just can't enunciate sometimes but I, we're very thoughtful about about exposing our kids to not just technology but even watching tv shows so it's mm. not just filtering what shows they watch it's how much time yeah that they're also using so for us we maybe will let them watch one 30 minute episode of one of their shows sure and then we're gonna go do something else Right. Because we're not just going to let you sit in front of the couch all day. Sometimes there's a little bit here and there that we'll give and take, but pretty much that's what we do twice a day, and then, yeah. then that's it. You know, we don't let them just come and play on our phones all day. We really try hard, and that's <laughs> sometimes it's harder when you're out at a restaurant or out in public. It's oh, always yeah. easier to distract them with the phone. But no, I want them to learn how to 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 be with us yeah. in public and, and, and in the store and in the restaurant. So I'm not just going to give you a phone and it's harder, sure. but I know I'm going to give relational reward, not just as a parent, but I, I honestly do believe that our girls are going to be better off down the road because I'm not just putting technology in front of their face, you know? Right. Um, so we're very conscious. Can I say that word again? Conscientious. Thank you. Yeah, Mike's just going to say all the difficult words for me. Um, yeah, we're very I have a thought- word bank over here <laughs> yeah. in front of me. There you go. Yeah, um, we're very thoughtful in what we do. What about you? What do, what do you do? Well, yeah, I think uh, to start off with just even recognizing, like, do I have rules? Because a lot of families, mm. it's just like we just we just go either with like go um, with, go with the flow. Yeah, no, go with you're the flow. Doing, but. Or or what happens sometimes in in parenting and in, in families, uh, we just go with whoever has the most strict rules of the parenting couple, right? Like, so whoever makes the biggest deal out of it, whatever their rules are, whether they're spoken or unspoken or written or unwritten. We just go by whatever sure. they say, sure. Um, which can be really difficult. 
And I think what's really hard too is that recognizing if there are rules for our home, we as parents need to abide by them. Mm. One of the reasons why, like, so like, you yeah. know, the, the term that goes out right now for this generation as well is screenagers. And it's not just because they are a screen watcher as a teenager, it's that they've always grown up seeing their parents sure. use screens. Yep. So if we put rules out there, and this is like hard because it holds our feet to the fire as parents and we have to be accountable to it. Um, if we put some rules out for our family, we need to abide by it. Right. And I recognize this when it's like, oh yeah, I love watching sports. So I love watching you know, a football game, but that is three and a half hours straight. Mm-hmm. If I'm watching it live, and even if you DVR it and you go through it, you're still talking an hour and a half to two hours. It's it's pretty yeah. long. So so we have to go like, oh shoot, like when when do we do this? How often do we do this? Um, and you know, are, are our kids involved? But I, I remember growing up. Um, for us, yeah, a lot of it revolved around sports. Um, from Pittsburgh, grew up there, so big sports uh, city, and we would watch games together, me and my dad. So that became a connecting point. So that was a positive for us, right? Like we still do that today. Um, and then I recognized, uh, especially whenever he came out, uh, my folks and we were hanging out and just watching the different Pittsburgh games that were on in the midst of all the seasons. It was like, shoot, we could have easily spent like six hours a day with the television on. But we've, you know, here I am, I've got my five-year-old Owen, my three-year-old Levi. We don't want to set that kind of an example. So hmm. that was an interesting yeah. moment where my my past, the, the way I was raised, the way that we use technology um, was a positive for me in my mind. And yet it also went against kind of our new family rules. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we try to do the same thing. We limit screen use. Uh, whenever we do iPad time for the boys, uh, we have an iPad at, at home and uh, we have a few games on there. Um, we set uh, little limits of 10 minutes each. Um, so like they'll, and the boys do it, they have fun with it. We have a little timer where they get to turn the clock to 10 minutes. And that means that, you know, if Levi's setting the clock, then Owen only has 10 minutes. And when his turn is done, Levi gets it for 10 minutes. Um, and so that's fun for them. It's actually sure. another way to engage sure. and interact. Um, so yeah, we have to set specific rules for our own home. And as parents, we really have to stick to them. And isn't that the hard thing? It like really for me, is. for me, like yeah, I and you're bringing up sports. So for me, I love watching sports. And if if it's on ESPN, I can watch it. That's pretty right. much my like my mo. Like I can watch anything anything from football to curling to anything. National I, I will, cornhole competition. Amen to that. <laughs> ESPN ate the Ocho is calling. <laughs> so for me, like I would I would totally I totally can dive into that. Yeah. And I used to. I really, really used to. I used to be hardcore in the fantasy football, basketball, and baseball at the same time, all that stuff, and having every game on, had the MLB package, and I had to come to a realization that me focusing my time on that is going to teach my kids that it's okay to just be in front of a TV or have constant right. constant um, awareness of what's going on specifically on my phone with the with whatever it is. For me, it was sports, but for whatever she's passionate about. Right. And that's not necessarily the best thing for us, especially if we're talking about growing together as a family and talking about having as fathers for, and mothers, you know, for all of us listening here, but for you and me, like when we talk about as fathers growing with our relationship in our, within our relationship, with our kids. Yeah. Well, I think it, it goes back, as you were talking about um, having a purpose, having a mission, having a right. kind of a family identity, yes, so to speak. Right? Absolutely. Like, so we talk about tech use, and really that's like a very small, well, small, it's a subset of our overall family identity. So yeah. like sometimes we have to take it even a bigger step back, a little 30,000 foot view, and ask the question first um, for our listeners, what is our family identity? What are we shooting for? What's the DNA? What's the purpose? And right. how do we go about uh, really instilling that? Mm. 
Yeah, what is our family? And that's, you know, for me, we can ha- answer that question. I think everything stems, like you are saying, stems down. Yeah. It goes down and flows down because we're basing our, it, we can always point back, take hey, family, this is what we're going to. This is what, this is what yeah. our goal is. And yeah. if we know what our goal is, it allows us to base decisions such as this, like what do we do with technology and the influx of it and how do we manage it? Yeah. It makes everything much easier. And I wanted to throw this at you, Mike. You sure. know, this practical, practically speaking, like, you know, we can talk about the, we can talk about all the different avenues of technology and growth and where it is. And, you know, that seriously, we could keep on going all day of, of what that looks like. But practically, what can we do as parents to, to really in, engage technology? It's, yeah. I don't want to, and you were kind of alluding to this a little bit earlier, but to be combative against a culture that's not going away, um, not even culture, to be combative against technology is, it's never going to go away. And the goods and bads right. are going to continue to present themselves, sometimes more one more so than the other. So right. how do we how do we live in that balance? Like what how do we engage technology in a way that's healthy, that keeps us understanding, but also it's not we don't get into that line of man, this is this becomes everything about me, or this this becomes a big portion of my time, of my energy, of my focus. Yeah, well, I think first it starts with recognizing, going a little bit deeper maybe, like we all know that there are harmful aspects to technology. Sure. There are healthy ones too. But I think um, first having just a, an understanding of really where this takes us. Because if we don't have a clear picture of the path that can lead to harm from it, maybe we don't recognize the urgency. And so mm. uh, I just want to throw one random resource out there for sure. us. But uh, Alone Together is a book by Sherry Turkle. Um, it's it's rather academic, uh, but there's a couple quotes, and there's one specifically I want to read that gives us a really, I think, accurate picture of where we're at. Um, so she writes, these days we expect more from technology than we expect from each other. Technology appeals to us where we are most vulnerable. We're lonely, but we're afraid of intimacy. Mm. And so from social networks to social robots, uh, we're designing technologies that will give us the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. We turn to technology to help us feel connected in ways we can comfortably control, but we are not so comfortable and we are not so in control. I think that is such wow. an accurate picture. Um, we're trying to pull the, the struggle of relationship almost away from connection. Um, why? Because it's natural. We, we experience pain, mm. right? Like, I mean, there's, there's no way to experience intimacy without walking through some difficulty, uh, some people stepping on toes. Um, and so whenever we allow technology to take the place of that, we're actually crippling the next generation on how to do things like conflict management, mm. how to, how to uh, sit in the midst of a difficult relationship, how to not just choose, I get to run to the next app or person sure. to fulfill this, this aching void or try to give me the right. same level of right. connection I used to have. Yeah, it's such a such a sad spot. So things that we have kind of seen from that. So again, going back to the dire need for this, we see loneliness go up. We see a fear of intimacy go yeah. up. Uh, it's easier to hide behind a screen through communication. It's far too risky to invest in real conversations, even though we crave that. Um, and we see this with students, right? Like, I mean, when we actually have a moment of connection with a student, mm-hmm. you can see like, like it's something that is so foreign to them and yet they long for. I don't know about about you, but, you know, things like going up to Hume Lake where there's no cell phone service for a week, 
Um, it's amazing to see the growth that happens because yeah. there's no connection to the yeah. phone. They they, they yeah. have to, they're in a cabin with a group of people. They have yeah. to learn how to get along. They eat meals together. They process through questions and ideas that are brought up by the speaker. Um, and so going to some other things, uh, we seek comfort and safety. That's just natural. And so we actually end up Googling for answers instead of having conversations with our parents. So we're, we're hurting. Totally guilty, by the way. Right? I mean, when you have the emergency happen and I like to cook and you realize, oh, I don't have this ingredient. What can I substitute? Google, can you help me? Because my dinner is going to be ruined. Like we do it for a number of things, so we don't even think about it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And and at the very end of that quote, when I talked about control, yeah, that's one of the biggest reasons that we as human beings enjoy having access like this because it gives us control and gratification. So it's achievement based. Why why do our kids like mobile gaming? Why do I like mobile gaming? Because I win. It's an instant win. Unless you play good. me, Unless I play then me. you lose. Well. Actually, it's backwards. Either here or there. But <laughs> no, like that's one of the reasons that we, we do this yeah. is because in a world where sometimes wins feel so few and far between or a tangible win feels few and far between, we can actually beat a level. We can actually achieve something in our little game that makes us feel like we have control. Um, and then we didn't even really get to this, and we don't have time to, honestly, but sexual gratification. Oh, it's huge. It's, it's yeah. not unknown that that phones are the number one pornography service uh, avenue uh, to our entire world. Um, it's the number one provider. So we have to be mindful of that. Now, it's easy to do. Let it. me stop you there. I want, Go I for want, it. As parents, we really should focus on what you just said, because it's very true. Like We give our students and our children a phone mm-hmm. or any, any type of tablet device, and as long you may not pay for phone service, they have a Wi-Fi connection. They can search for it. Yeah. They absolutely can. And I think it's something for me that, like, it's, it's one of my biggest fears for my daughters. Like, mm. I don't need them to find out anything of that, that nature. I don't want them searching for that. Yeah. Or not even purposely. Yeah, accidentally, accidentally stumbling on it. Yeah. Like, seriously, accidentally clicking the wrong ad that leads you down the road. Uh, it, uh, It's a big, big deal that we need to take a step back and remember. It's not just, like addiction to technology but again what is coming through the other side of that and what you're talking sure. about with with sexual gratification it's like i find my identity in this and this is what i see from men and women mm-hmm. on the internet so that must be reality yeah right well and i think it feeds back to our whole uh recognition that we are we are pulling out the relational side sure of connection mm-hmm. i think that certainly pornography has led to the objectification of the opposite sex or of the objectification of sexual gratification. Like it doesn't involve right. human connection. That's why sex is now so passe. It's like, well, we're just we're just uh, using each other consensually for whatever feeling we're looking for. And we're taking out the whole relational side. And yeah. that is certainly continue with that. As we recognize again the urgency. So this was kind of painting a, a broad picture of the unhealth and the harmful aspect. But as you said, we need to get to an area of practicality. What do we do as parents? Uh, And you said technology is not going away. Um, So what are some ways that we can uh, embrace the reality? Technology is here to stay. It's not going somewhere. So now how do we take steps? What are mental notes that we can have as parents to make sure that we're using it for the most healthy ways we possibly can? So so becoming a good student of technology, I think, is is huge. And that doesn't mean you need to devote two hours every day to, right. to studying, um, reading magazines, all of that. But you need to be aware of what, what your kids are going to potentially yeah. be exposed to or are exposing themselves to or what they're going to be um, a part of. Uh, 
that means doing some research. That does mean like actually finding out like what's in that game, what's right. in that app, what does this app do? Like, what does it do if you sign up for this? What does it do if you go to that side? What happens if I agree? Uh, sometimes we just take it for granted. Oh, it's something's rated for kids, so, and so it's got a good kid rating, so it must be fine. But actually, if we dig deeper, sometimes we'll find that there's a little bit more subtle content maybe we don't want our kids to see Sure, that's in there. So I, I think we just need to be good stewards of doing research. Um, at the same time, I think Mike talked about this really, really well, and we, talked, we touched on this a little bit earlier, this idea of holding our own standards that we want to hold our kids to in the sense of, like, we're going to tell our students, tell our kids um, – of a standard and hold them to a standard of technology and use and why Mm. we need to model that now now, granted we are parental authorities in in our houses and you know we we do set the rules and you know sometimes i do things and i just have to do it sure but at the same time i am modeling everything i do my kid is watching and they are learning my behaviors not my beliefs And that's very true here. That kids are modeling your behaviors of what you do, not necessarily what you say. So if you're going to say something, it needs to come out in what they see. That's yeah. for me. I know that's very true for oh, my no, kids. Oh, no, it's accurate. I mean, even when you look at communication studies, right? And so yeah. like 93% of communication is everything but the words. Right. So 7% is actual words, and that's usually where we communicate right. beliefs. Behaviors is what they really latch Absolutely. onto. So you're, no, you're 100% Absolutely. right on that. Absolutely. And so... But part of making those behaviors happen is also clearly making the standard known. Mm. So don't just say, hey, don't get off your technology or get off your phone, get off your video game. You, you need to make it clear. What does that mean? Yeah. Why are we doing it? Yeah. Uh, as, as students specifically, I think, crave the why. Yes. They don't just, they, they know what you wanted them. They know what they want the teacher what, yeah. to do, what mm-hmm. a parent wants them to do. They know how to do it. Sure. But why am I doing what you wanted me to do? If you can answer that question, and again, that doesn't mean they like it. That doesn't mean I'm trying. No. I'm not trying to throw out there or argue the idea that your kid must like everything and agree upon. No, you're the parent. Yeah. At the same time, though, they should understand to be able to articulate why that why that why you're doing something, and that's different for a 12 or a 15 year old than it sure. is for a five year old too. Yeah. The level of why is yeah. much different. It's not straight across the board, but sometimes, and I've, you know, this is me, guilty parent in progress here, saying that I've put a standard out there without explaining why, and my daughter, Brielle, who is four, gets confused. And Amen. understandably yeah. so, because I haven't articulated enough the why. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, like we, we kind of sometimes balk at this idea as parents, but like, especially if you have young kids, honestly, write out a family contract. Mm. Um, and there's actually a lot of places you can go to this. You yes, can, you that, can go to like creating a media safe home by Jim Burns. Um, you can check out some things, uh, at Barna.com, uh, obviously alone together. Uh, you can check out, um, teenology is an older book by Jim Burns that yes. actually have media contracts in the back. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that especially if you've got younger kids, um, recognize that you're somewhat ahead of the game and you can start to put these things out there in a very formal, structured way. I think that it's certainly harder if you've got teenagers to go, okay, when we didn't have rules, now we do. And I think that's where the why, as you said, mm-hmm. is really important. Super important. And it goes back, as we talked about earlier, to like the overall family identity. Mm-hmm. We're not just doing this to shut down your fun on social media or mm-hmm. on your gaming app. It's really so that we recognize that as a family, we're about being relational Yes. We're about growing together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not about isolating, compartmentalizing our experience. 
Um, like, yes, there are times to go off and have fun and do those things at home, but we have to make sure that there's a, that there's a, a real sense of a community hub. And yeah. when we're together, we're together. And, and I want to throw two things onto that. Yeah. So what you're talking about, this idea of relational community, um, so, sometimes it's, how can I put this as an analogy? Because I like to cook, I like to make bread, and you don't just throw all the ingredients in there and then you have bread. You actually make the dough, and for bread you have to knead it. You have to sure. work it in. You have to like take time and to get the gluten to work. Well, sometimes with stuff like this, when we are going from nothing to something yeah. of a technological um, standard in your house, you need to take time to fold that in, to, to work that into those relationships sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to just happen overnight, but it's going to take a constant effort. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect the very next day, but that, that continued working and molding and kneading into your relationships with your, not just with your kids, but also with your spouse. Yeah. That's going to be huge. It is absolutely going to be huge. But the second is this too. If we make technology to be out to be the enemy, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it creates divisiveness between our kids and, and ourselves. Yeah. So there's limits to it, but also like when you when we talk about being a good student of technology, sometimes that means embracing something they are passionate about too, and yeah. that means getting involved in it. That doesn't mean spend like four o'clock to nine o'clock every day of the week playing video games. That's right. not what I'm suggesting, or watching their favorite movie or doing TikTok videos. But what I am saying is sometimes you getting into their world helps you understand why they want to be in there too. Yeah, it helps you further that relationship with your daughter or son. A hundred percent. Yeah, like. It, this comes up all the time where it's like, oh, no, my parents on Instagram. Like, I don't like that. Uh, guess what, parents? Like, be on Instagram. Be on Instagram. You, I don't like I maybe maybe your your child has literally asked you, like, please don't do that. Don't be my friend. I don't want you to see what's going on. Um, technology is a privilege. It's not a right. Yep. You are the parent. Um, and I, I know that this is going to be a struggle at some point. Even right now with a five-year-old, there are days where you know owen has said something like i don't want to be with you right now if he's frustrated and that is a hard hit and there's pieces of me that's like oh no i'm going to be with you right now for sure or like oh maybe he just needs his space we have to be careful with that because yeah i'm I'm thinking of the hoped for vision right like people attach to vision faster than they do the consequences so yeah as you were saying you want to fold this out um, and roll out these new tech uh, ideas and structures and standards, maybe in a slower fashion. Sure. So you start off with, with the hope for vision. We, we want our family to connect, um, mm-hmm. realizing that uh, for years and years and years, this is going to be our real hub of relationship. Yep. Like we're going to be coming back together for Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays and different things. So let's build a good foundation from day one. Um, so we start with that and we go, oh, well, is using technology right now, is that healthy and helpful to meet our identity goal, yeah. right, to meet the vision that we have? If we just roll out with a list of consequences for breaking the set standards, of course, we're going to have, you know, an uproar. Um, so as you said, yeah, we kind of roll that out slowly. And, and one of the best ways that we can use technology in a healthy way is knowing what our kids are on. And in some way, if we can, finding fun moments with that. Yes. If you see a funny YouTube video and you know your kid's on YouTube, share that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, make it a, cop- a topic of conversation. Hopefully, after that becomes a normalized event, if right now you're like, I've never done that, that's, that's going to feel awkward and weird. The more you do it, the more normalized. Mm-hmm. The day you know what's really working is whenever your kid shows you something. That's right. Right? They bring you into their world. Yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. And right that's there. our hope. 
Yeah, that's absolutely. And that, that's our hope for every one of these podcasts is we want to further relationship between you and your husband and wife, but you and your kids as a family, as we, as you guys hopefully have heard this, we can go on for hours and oh, hours yeah, and this hours. Be a long technology, yeah, we literally could be here till the second coming if we're talking about Seriously. technology. But at the, my, our hope is that today, you hearing this just sparks that conversation, sparks um, a discussion about not just technology and the good and the bad, but how does it play a role in our family and what are we doing to not just use it in our family, but also set the boundary so it's not our identity. It's not what takes the center plate of our of our family. So thank you so much for listening today. We, we hope you enjoy this and we hope you enjoy um, our podcast that are coming up down the road and we hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode today. Family Connection Podcast is hosted by the Family Ministry Team of Cornerstone Bible Church. For resources and more information about the church, please go to cbcglendora.org. We would love to connect with you. Here are a couple of ways. Stay up to date on our latest episodes by subscribing or following Family Connections on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. To interact with episode topics, ask questions, and share ideas, like and follow us on Facebook by searching Family Connections Podcast. Do you like what you hear? Please leave a review. We look forward to being with you next time on the Family Connections Podcast.